Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy. During this time of shutdown of the live comedy circuit due to coronavirus, I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week now, on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies and coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. They're there to support you, and if you'd like to support this podcast, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. So, joining me on Psychomedy, it's Trevor Neal. Trevor, hello. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, thank you. What What a pleasure. What an honor to have you on. Um, it is the 99th episode of Psychomedy. So close, Trevor. So I know. close. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm happy to be in there somewhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you are down in uh, Broadstairs. How's the, how's the, a nice place to, to spend the last three months, has it been? Well, yeah, it has been. I mean, I've been I'm very, very lucky. Um, uh, my wife's a teacher, so there's a salary coming in, <laughs> and um, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, it's um, you know we've all kept quite healthy. Uh, there's, there's me and my uh, t- uh, two two sons and uh, a, a daughter. Another daughter's up in London, but it's been quite a busy household. But basically, everybody's um, been affected by it. So yeah, it has. You know, we've made the best of it though. Being by the coast is good. When the weather's nice, you can go out and have you know very isolated walks which has been good yeah. um not so much recently though because when the rules changed then suddenly it seemed like uh, half of the country decided to head down to the beaches and and, and as people seem to be pointing out uh, pooing on the beaches but um because oh, all the toilets were closed so there was a bit of like it really wasn't thought through you know yeah everybody <laughs> go and have fun at the beach now that we're all you know yeah free. um but actually, yeah, small towns like this aren't actually quite ready yet. Um, <laughs> no. There you go. So there's been a lot of Facebook anger and confusion and, and arguments yes. going on about whether people should be on the beaches and whether they should poo on the beaches. Obviously, it's quite simple. No, they shouldn't. But, no, it's the big debate. It's the big debate. Should, <laughs> yeah. should, pe- should people poo on the beaches? It's, uh, it's dividing the country. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> The bigger things divided the country right now, but yeah, that's one of them. Um, so yeah, it's been good. I've been here for about fifteen years. I, I, I moved, well, to go right back. I moved to, down to London after um, university a uh, year, you know, years ago, and that's when I started doing the. You know, we, me and Simon joined the stand-up comedy scene uh, uh, down in London. Um, but yeah. yeah, about fifteen years ago, I decided to move out of London with the family, and we headed down to to Broadstairs. Um, yeah, no. which, which, which has been okay. 
Yeah. What What do you think of the people on the beaches? Because I, I do have an admission to make about something I did a week ago with my children in the Margate area. So before I <laughs> <laughs> before I I didn't poo on the beach. It's no, better good. than that. Well, it's better than that. But yeah. um, since lockdown restrictions have been eased and we have been allowed to to maybe walk and sit on the beach, before, yeah, I, I, before I admit anything, what do you think? No, well, I've got. I mean, you know, obviously, we're we're a seaside town, and, and we thrive on 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 tourists and day trippers and people enjoying this fabulous coastline. So, uh, and I'm not going to generalise about who's on the beach. You know, everyone's there for, for different reasons. Um, so, and obviously, yeah, we need busy beaches, and they is they are fantastic beaches. I mean, some of the um, they are they are. I know that from last week. I had a beautiful poo on that beach. It was. Oh, it was no. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. And nor did my children. But uh, I'm glad you said that because, yes, I felt a little bit bad. My kids wanted to go on the beach, so we went for a few minutes. And as soon as we got on the beach, uh, there was a family there, and they turned around and audibly tutted and said something like, oh, oh, now it's too busy. We've got to go home. I'm like, that doesn't oh, make, okay. that doesn't make sense. It's all right for them to have it by themselves. <laughs> yes. So I think I met the owner of your local beach that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's nothing. On the bank holiday Monday, there was a, there was a mass brawl on one of the beaches. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that was that was proper. I think that circulated around on uh, on social media and, and went onto the main news as well. It was quite a big punch up. Yeah. Um, but that's bank holiday fun at the seaside in Britain for you. <laughs> yeah. it's, get, it's getting back to normal. It's getting back yeah. to normal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I don't blame you for going down to the beach. Like I say, you know. Thank the, you. That's a relief. <laughs> that's a relief. I feel <laughs> like I'm... The beach. It's a confession. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, too, did walk along the beach and, you know... How dare you? That's my beach. Yeah, <laughs> 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 So yeah, well, good. I'm glad you came to Twitter. No, lovely, lovely. So yes, a nice place to. Uh, if anywhere's a nice place to spend three months in lockdown, I think I think that is it. And uh, am I right in saying you have quite a creative family? Your children are creative too, and there's music and poetry. Yeah, and well, well they things. were. That's, how, that's <laughs> the problem, really. Um, yeah, well, my, my eldest son is, is in a band, and he was just on the cusp of, of doing great things. He'd like kind of built up a good a local following, and um, they looked like they were about to go on to do good things until the whole of the music industry then was just stopped so live music um that, that made things difficult for him uh, but thankfully he's working for a music charity locally here so he's carried on working from home there but he's yeah so he's been busy here but yeah not being able to have an outlet for his music um my daughter's a stand-up spoken word a poet um uh, as well as other things but that was what she was just on the cusp of, of going uh, bigger well like the stand-up circuit you know she was doing well on that and suddenly that all stopped but that has carried on online a bit um yeah yeah and my son was uh, youngest son was about to do his gcse's and obviously <laughs> that stopped um so it was kind of strange for me i mean for various reasons uh, things have been a bit quiet anyway so um suddenly uh, it was just business as normal for me doing very little <laughs> but with a, with a very busy household um yeah. so suddenly i had to start looking really busy and pretending i do lots of things uh, when they're all <laughs> in school um you, so play a bit of, you play a bit of music, don't you? you do you play? Uh, I, I'm in a dad band, yeah. I've been, yeah. Um, I've been in a, a band for quite a while since I moved down here. But, um, and, yeah, that's good fun. So that was a shame because that stopped as well. Um, 
we're yeah. not, you know, we don't do the, the <laughs> we're not doing the pub circuit or anything. So we're not the biggest gigging band. We do it for fun, really. And yeah. people ask us, um, and they don't ask us very often. <laughs> no, it's not quite true. But um, so yeah, that stopped. So I, there I am at home. So I, I kind of went a bit crazy. Um, mm. I've been, um, I've been looking after my mum a lot. She has. Uh, um, uh, dementia, so she she uh, oh, been looking after her. Then no, that's, that's fine. It's not your my fault. my my stepdad, but, my stepdad as well has uh, has dementia as well, and uh, yeah, yeah I've, had, I've had I've had dementia in my family, my my granddad as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's well, it's very very common, and a, a lot of people have to deal with it. But um, I was sort of doing a lot to look after my mum, but then of course the lockdown meant that she was completely being shielded, um, so I I couldn't visit. So actually, she was being well looked after. Um, so I was suddenly having a little bit more time on my hands. So mm. I kind of went into this, that thing, you know, right at the beginning of the lockdown where people were suddenly saying, right, I'm going to read books. I'm going to do this, <laughs> I'm going to do cooking. I'm going to, going to start a, a diet. I'm going to become a different person through exercise. And I just thought, well, actually, I can actually start being a bit creative here. So I started this kind of like stay at home show, which is very unlike me because I'm a bit kind of shy of social media, but I went on Facebook and did a daily kind of show um so i've seen show. it yeah i've seen it the oh, the, awkward. the awkward yeah 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 it's great yeah which was right. kind of it was going to be a book uh, well it may still well be i i kind of had this idea to do it um and i uh, teamed up with uh, Moose Lane, who's on twitter who's a great artist and cartoonist and yes yes our paths, our, our paths cross yes right okay yeah. so, I, so i approached him and we were kind of putting this out as an idea for a book and then again lockdown stopped that as well so um i just thought oh well, look i've got this sort of um, a few ideas here i'll just sort of put it out there and so daily i was doing this thing called awkwards which is basically word mashups it was just you know yes. it's um it's taking a couple of words and bunging them together and making a new word um, yeah yeah it's great it's great so, a few uh, a few things i noticed from that actually one is that the professor edward woodward Edward Wordwood, yes. Edward yeah. Wordwood. Edward Wordwood. It's not easy to say. <laughs> it's not easy to say, is it? No. Um, yes, the professor looks very young. Very young. <laughs> very young. young. Well, and you young. look you look young now, Trevor. You it's very young. People say the professor looks very much like me. Uh, and people <laughs> just thought he was just me in a wig, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, but yeah, he does look very like me. He's 57 years old as well, so he's not that young. <laughs> he looks um, very young, though. What's well, the... he's got good hair, you see. As you he's can got see, very... <laughs> mine, mine went a long time ago. But yeah, he's, he's actually the, the, he's the senior lecturer at the Burlington Academy of Social Communications in Milton Keynes. <laughs> he's not just me with a wig. Oh yes, he is good. The leading authority on word science as I'm reading. So yeah, so he he basically it was was the expert on on my show. So so when yes. we came up with a word like say embarrassed which was um the first yes. one i did actually which is a yes. legal professional skilled in humiliating clients <laughs> um, basically i didn't go to the professor for um for a kind of definition i suppose it was a definition to put it into context and, and his take on, on embarrassed was the courtroom erupted with laughter as the embarrassed revealed that the accused owned a huge collection of music by coldplay <laughs> so that was the kind of tone it went on and then i did 30 of them um, yes, I, I, I saw I saw a good few of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, great. It just did carry on. There was it did get quite good feedback, and I, and that kind of encouraged me. Um, 
but I suppose, you know, with Facebook and stuff, you do get into a bit of a bubble, but I wasn't going to let that stop me. It seemed quite positive, so I kept going mm. and, and went until, uh, yeah, for 30 days. And yeah. I think that was a reaction to to that thing of, well, I've suddenly got all this time on my hands. Um, uh, I wasn't working before, but now I can because I'm suddenly freer, um, so I'm going to do this. Um, and and it was like creating a little world for myself because yeah. the world outside was just out of control and it's slightly panicking. I just thought, actually, I've probably created this little world that I can control. It's great. You, but you said you, you, you weren't using much social media or weren't creating much be before the lockdown. Was there any reason? You I, have I, I, don't I don't know. I, I find social. I don't know. Uh, I hadn't used it really as a platform much for for comedy. I mean, I'd used it, and I've used it mainly, I guess, to just uh, promote uh, issues that are going on, or um, you know, help promote the band, or just stuff, you know, sharing mm. stuff. And but I've not really used it as a as a as a platform for doing you know material, as as you'd say. Um, do you think this will this will change now? Well, it might do. I mean, the thing is that that. That was the only audience, really. Uh, it was the only way I was, I was going to get an audience. Um, yeah. The way things have changed, well, Simon can tell you, uh, maybe if you if speak to Simon, you know, he, he can tell you, but he's... <laughs> I was <laughs> speaking to Simon? I have no well, idea. Well, you might be speaking to Simon at some point. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you do, he can yeah. tell you about what he's up to at the moment. But at the okay. moment, it's, it's harder for us to work together. And after like uh, you know 150 years working together, anyway, <laughs> you know it's um, it, you know it's harder, I guess, to to keep going and do stuff. So we're at a point now um, where we're, we're we're still very good good mates and friends and, and keep in touch socially, but we, mm. we don't work as often together. Mm. So I, I, I and I'm in this kind of new phase now where I think, well, where where do I go forward with this? Um, hence, like the book idea, but then lockdown came, so I just thought, oh well just have a go at doing this but whether it become a regular thing i don't know is this maybe the is this maybe the start then of doing things on your own then for the for really the first time you know and well kind of... it, it could be i mean the funny thing is me and sam started as as separate performers i mean we're going back a long way <laughs> you're just... separate people aren't you <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when we were separate we weren't just trev and simon we were you know, um, and, and that was at university when, when we first met up. The, the alternative comedy thing was just exploding. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the alternative comedy circuit was just beginning in London. And mm. we were in Manchester. Um, and the students were, you know, there was student entertainment, student union bars where there was stuff on. And somebody organised a, a kind of alternative cabaret in um, one of the local theatre foyers. And we both had a go at that, which is kind of how we met and how a few of us met. Um, uh, and so I was then doing a kind of, kind of a, a observation comedy kind of routine, I guess, sort of stand up. But it was a bit weird and it was a bit surreal. Um, mm. And Simon was doing, uh, yes, more surreal things like ventriloquism with a sock. He'd walk on stage and he'd take a sock off his foot, put it on his hand, and try to make it speak, and it didn't. <laughs> so it all got a bit awkward. So between us, we were experimenting with things, and I don't think we were that comfortable with it. We were enjoying it, but then when we when we actually were cast together in a comedy play, we started making each other laugh, and I think we gave each other a kind of new confidence. Mm. So from then on, actually. We, we never went back to sort of solo performing. Yeah. Uh, although, I'd, you know, I'd like, in a way, I'd like to, to have explored that more maybe, maybe I will, I don't know. But it, it, it certainly became really good, just fun working with a mate. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
we were both fans of double acts anyway and yeah. uh, found that we both had mutual interest in that double act thing going right back to old things you know uh, having costello Lowell, and hardy but also some of the more kind of what people might think of the sort of less cool uh, double acts in, in British history, like sort of Cannonball and Little and Large and all yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, as well as then, what was happening, you know, Rick Mail and Aide Edmondson and, and French the Saunders and, and suddenly all that was, it was just an exciting time. So yeah. we thought, well, well, we'll stick with this. It's the, it's the thought of going out on your own, daunting from a perspective of, does Simon bring something... I mean, we may talk to him at some point. Who knows? <laughs> does, uh, does, does Simon bring anything like uh, to the dynamic, which is you're going to have to build it yourself? I mean, I, I noticed you I think on another po podcast talking about um, maybe nerves. I think you were talking about pointless, and you were a, a little bit nervous going on oh, pointless. Whereas Simon, research, yeah, <laughs> whereas Simon is a little bit less nervous. Does that, you know, is that an example of a dynamic that you'd miss where Simon could potentially be calming those nerves down or I don't know? Uh, no, no, not at all. No, no, oh, really? No, he may be reason why, uh, yeah, the reason why I'm so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just thought, for 50 years, 150 years of working with Simon, it's certainly a nervous way. No, I think we both, we're both not, uh, I think he would probably say he has his own anxieties as well. I think most comedians do, but um, yeah we yeah we maybe express them slightly differently at different times that what i was talking about there was was the nerves of um entering into a public general knowledge quiz on on tv which <laughs> just filled me with with horror um right. i'm getting a bit more used to them now everyone's doing like zoom quizzes now aren't they this like seems to be this kind of craze just to, let's do a quiz you know um, uh, and so I'm getting a bit better at them, but the pointless yeah. thing terrified me. The thought, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't know if we're going to, I suppose I'm not naturally, uh, I like time to think about things, you know, I may be not spontaneous, as quick witted as, as maybe I'd like to be, but I do think, you know, with a bit of thought, time, preparation, I, I can be quite funny. It's the same with knowledge, really. I like a bit of preparation, I like a bit of time before I start showing off my, my knowledge or lack of it. So I was quite, uh, I suppose I was a little bit nervous for pointless, although in the end, I knew uh, with Simon's knowledge of, um, uh, film, mm. you know, films of the 80s, I knew I was in safe hands really, mm. so, so we did win twice. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and I think, yeah, I guess in that situation, Simon's, uh, I knew that Simon had the knowledge and therefore if we were working as a team, if I didn't completely let him down, we'd probably do quite well. Yeah. And, and that did happen. Um, in other times, I know Simon uh, has his own um, yeah, anxieties about things, I suppose, and I'd be less nervous about it, and therefore it might work the other way. But yeah. that's the, the joy of a double, actually. So I do think, yeah, we have supported each other through many different sorts of things in different times. Yeah, and yeah. I probably would be more anxious if I went out and tried and did stand up. I mean, I've done certain things on my own, I've kind of done local things or hosted things or helped people out for charity things and stuff like that. Mm. I do tend to get a bit serious. <laughs> I kind of, that's not the best thing for a comedian. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get quite sincere. If it's a charity cause, I'll research the charity and I'll kind of want to do it properly and I'll talk about the issues and, and maybe forget the jokes. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, that kind of that's the, the kind of the number one rule of comedy don't, for, don't forget the jokes <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, was there any nerves back in the day because I was reminding myself of the of the sketches and it's it's easy to forget the the amount you did for 10 years together live sketches uh, and it just doesn't happen anymore does it and I can't think of many examples where it's happened since where people have done 
live sketches, certainly so many. I and mean, there's been one or two comedy programs where things have gone out live. But oh yeah. my goodness, I mean, as a 25 year old kid, um, you know, I say that with a 12 year old kid thinking 25 is not much older than 12, really. Well, I, felt, I mean, I still feel like a kid half the time. I still feel like I'm so mentally 15 years old quite a lot of the time, you know, and at yeah. 20, 24, 25, yeah, I still felt really young. I mean, we weren't that long out of, um, out of university and then we did a couple of years kind of on the comedy circuit. So, yeah, we felt like, did feel like kids, going into an institution like the BBC and everything that it meant, and being in a live studio with that massive audience, it was, it was terrifying, it really was. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we, we both used to get quite nervous just doing like, um, you know, an upstairs room in a pub off, off Oxford Street or something. Yeah. And that has its own kind of anxieties, really, because if you've got 30 people there, 25 of them, 29 of them out of 30 might be really friendly, but if you've got the one that's got it in for you as yeah. any stand-up knows, that can be really challenging and, and quite difficult. So we always went into those kind of gigs with a certain amount of, of um, nerves. And also as a double act, you can't take the audience on sometimes in the same way that a stand-up yeah. can. Uh, and, and although we didn't like always work to script, we did work on a structure that we were working between each other. Mm. Um, so I suppose, which is why we avoided certain venues, but that's, a, that's another story really. But um, <laughs> so I guess we did go into gigs then with some kind of, you know, I think that's good though, a bit of nerves, it keeps you edgy and it, and it kind of me means you take, take on the situation. Yeah. But going on, on to live TV, suddenly, yeah, we, we were, uh, yeah, it was, it was really strange because you're in a silent studio, you know, everything goes silent and you've just got these cameras pointing mm. at you and some, you know, very serious concentrating camera operators and, and somebody just waving at you to start talking and this sort of thing. Um, and it was really intense and, and, and yeah. we, we found that quite a challenge to begin with. Um, yeah. And also then the amount of material we had to come up with. We've been yeah. doing a, an act on the circuit for two years, which was half an hour maximum, basically. And we we would do that act. Um, and we mm. changed it and we introduced new material as we needed to. But it was basically that amount of time. We, we were then tasked to come up with 20 minutes a week, really. And, yeah. um, so that meant a new approach, which is why we came up with characters and, and catchphrases and stuff, so that we could basically just sort of repeat the same thing over and over again <laughs> for 10 years. Um, but, what, uh, I, what I reminded myself of, which of course I didn't really get as a kid, but of course you were doing these sketches most of the times with kind of, I mean, performers to a certain extent, but singers, presenters, yeah. non-comedy non actors, really. So you had yeah. Robbie Williams on or Chris Moyles, and they're all presenters, or they're all in the entertainment business, obviously. Yeah. But they're not comedy actors. They're not used to being in a sketch. So that was what made it so remarkable, that you made them feel comfortable. And, and well, God knows and how, because we weren't, you know, we weren't yeah, trained was, comedy was, actors at all. I mean, we'd done amazing. drama. We'd done three years of drama at Manchester University, but it wasn't like a drama course. It wasn't like an acting yeah. course. It, it basically gave you a kind of background in, in everything to do. It was almost like uh, English literature in some stages as well. Yeah. So actually, practically, the only experience we had was just doing what we'd done uh, ourselves um, in, a, in a few plays at university. So we weren't skilled, or well, I don't know how we managed to relax people. <laughs> we'd sit out in the tea bar, probably slightly shaking ourselves, yeah. and we were about to go into this and trying to persuade them. Um, Phil Collins that everything was going to be all right, really. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we were about to insult his age, his music, and everything in the next sort of 
five, ten minutes. Uh, it was really weird, but thank oh, you. Oh, just saying Phil there. Collins. I mean, God, what a thrill. I mean, Phil, <laughs> along, along with you guys, a huge hero of mine. And you're 25 years old and you're meeting these guys. It must have been like, <laughs> did you, I mean, did you often kind of look at each other and like afterwards before and just go, what the, this is, or did you, was it a normal for you? Or, or no, you it became a normal. Each other? Yeah. It became a normal, but the programme itself was weird. You never knew who was going to be coming in. I mean, Paul McCartney and his family came in. And, I, and, and as a young kind of, you know, I've been a Beatles fan or whatever, and as a, I was a young mod. So the idea of Paul McCartney was kind of quite a, a big deal. And um, so we were very excited about that. And, and, we, and, we, and we kind of just got, you know, we tried to get his autograph and, and then insulted him because I said how much my mum liked him and things like that. So it just basically just sort of made him feel very old, really. Uh, but he was great and that kind of thing. But that was quite exciting. And, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. live. It was live. And yeah, yeah. I was watching some with my son last night. My son... Uh... Right. I'm often trying to get my son to bed, my 12-year-old son, but uh, last night I was like, stay up, I want you to watch this with me. So we watched about an hour. No, my goodness, I tell you what, I don't, with what he watches on TV, which is a lot of like computer game stuff or kind of, I don't know, he watches Marvel films a lot. So, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't often hear him laughing at, he's laughing at me, obviously, all the time, but uh, <laughs> I don't hear him laughing at television and that's, comedy there's no i mean i guess horrible histories and stuff uh, but yeah. uh, he was laughing all the way through and it was, wow. it was, it was an absolute delight to see and oh, uh, that's, that's yeah. nice that's yeah. really nice the weird thing was we didn't know whether people were laughing or not when we were doing it at the time <laughs> we yeah. hoped they were uh, but because you were in a studio you know you had and there were at times like i don't know three million people uh, watching at a given point then yeah, yeah. And yet in the studio, you had, like I say, a few camera operators. But thankfully, the, the, as we got going and more relaxed with it, started mucking about, the mood in the studio started to relax as well. And, yeah. and then the camera uh, camera operators were laughing and and the presenters were laughing. And, and so then, then we got a better feel that something was, was working. Again, not yeah. always, <laughs> but <laughs> most of the time it seemed to be okay. So we hoped people were laughing. Then when we went out on tour, um, which was so exciting because, again, having done rooms in upstairs in pubs yeah. to, to, you know, small audiences, um, having done a few years of live TV, suddenly we could go out and fill big theatres. And that, yeah. that was so exciting. That was mm. And then we could see that actually there were people, had, people had been laughing because they were prepared <laughs> to come and see us in, in the theatre, you know, uh, that was really good fun. Well, well, talking about your friends and compatriots, Simon Hickson, you'll never believe this. Well, we're on a Zoom call, and he is apparently waiting to get into this Zoom call. Oh my God! No way! <laughs> yeah, this is incredible. We could we could maybe use him as the hundredth episode. No offense, Trevor, but um, <laughs> well, what a thrill! Well, before before I admit him, just quickly, what's the best thing about Simon? The best thing about Simon currently his beard, his lockdown okay. beard. It's very impressive. Um, um, unfortunately, this is going to be audio, isn't it? So you might, you might just have to rustle well, it. Well, we might, we might, we might reveal a bit of the video as well, oh, okay. just to oh. show off, the, just to show off the beard. So, shall I admit him to our conversation? Oh, please do. Yeah, I'll just, admit yeah. him. Here we go. I can't believe this. I can't believe he's here. Is he here? Is he here? <laughs> <That's> his head. <laughs> he is. He's here. Look at that. Yeah, oh see, my goodness! Look at that beard. Look, doesn't it, mate? He looks like Saul Berenson from Homeland, doesn't he? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> he really um, does. There's a there's a um a guy on 
Facebook who every every Friday, me and Trevor have been doing this. Hi, Nathan. Nathan hello, 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 hello. <laughs> so, We've, we've been doing this kind of formal Friday thing as a joke. I think that Jimmy Kimmel started off where uh, when you're at work, you would do dress down Friday. So if you're not at work, you do formal Friday. So we dress up every Friday for a bit of fun. Oh. And there's somebody on Facebook who I know who every every week does a different kind of comparison. It goes like, uh, have you noticed how you never see Simon Hickson and Ben Kingsley in the same room? <laughs> this started off. And then one week he put... Have you noticed how you've never seen Simon Hickson and Popeye's granddad? <laughs> I was never so offended, honestly. Last week was Father Abrams. I'd take Father Abrams over Grandpa Popeye. <laughs> That's such a niche <laughs> reference. Such a beautifully niche. <laughs> well, who remembers? Martin who Jameson Pop is an articulate, too clever for his own good type of writer man so you know <laughs> well <laughs> simon <laughs> we were just talking about you what a thrill to have you both on my goodness hey. for well, this thank you the, for inviting us this the as it turns out hundredth episode of psychology wow. Wow. Hey, do you know something well, this, is, this is interesting this this trevor this matches up because we're doing the hundredth episode of psychology and we were on the thousandth episode of pointless celebrity nice kind of you know we have yeah, mentioned yeah. them. Yes, we we we. Hey, Trev, maybe we'll win this as well. <laughs> I think so. Do we get another trophy? <laughs> I think you might. I think you might win this. Oh. I was um, looking through. I think you had a good friend of mine on here as well one time, didn't you? You've had Ben Norris on. Ben, indeed, a yeah. fellow mm -hmm. South London boy. Is that right? Indeed, literally around the corner from me. Yeah. yeah. Ben, we talked at length with Ben about, I say we, as if I'm two people. Um, <laughs> I'm a double act with my own tears. Um, uh, we, yes, we talked at length about his parquet flooring skills, <laughs> which, is, which is quality content right there. Yeah, I'm in the middle of painting my downstairs toilet at the moment. I've just realised how crap I am at cutting in, you know, with just all the edging and stuff. I just, I used to be all right at it. Get Ben Norris. Get Ben Norris. An amazing Get comedian, but a better, a better DIY enthusiast. Yeah, but I don't want parquet floor on my walls. Hang <laughs> on a second. Why not? Are you saying, are you saying that Ben is better at DIY than comedy? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... The thing is, he's, yeah, he's, he's in the top 10 comedians, but I'd say he's the best at DIY I've ever seen. His house looked amazing. I mean, your houses yeah. look beautiful. I mean, so I say, True, I say yeah. your house is yeah. Trevor, yours looks nice. Simon, you've got a, a white wall in the back. So, Nathan, if you've been to his house and I've been to his house, have we ever been at the house at the same time? <laughs> we have. I hide when you come round. <laughs> Thinking hey, he's listen, Popeye's just, granddad. If, but you, um, you do look like Saul Berenson, I think, mostly. I don't know, do you watch Homeland? Maybe? I do. It's one of the few things I watch. I don't watch much TV. I watch your old sketches on YouTube. <laughs> and I watch, um, I watch Homeland. So, yeah, love it. Love have it. You noticed, have you noticed that fast walk he does when he, yeah. when he gets that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yes. Bizarre. He just suddenly goes, because he's quite top heavy. He's a big stocky guy, isn't he? Yeah. And he's got these legs that suddenly go really fast when he's on the phone. He's got to get some... Yeah, yeah. An amazing actor. And that's the way someone of that importance would walk. He'd have to get places quickly, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't look like him, but I can't. You don't. This is, you don't. By the way, Nathan, I mean, it, I think it's most probably obvious, but this is just some kind of lockdown gimmick I'm going for. And I, I don't do. know. It's good, know, though. It is good. People always say people look like people. Like people say I look like Mark Almond. 
and there is a little bit, but I don't mm. look. It, yeah. I don't look exactly like him, and people say, but uh, yeah, you great. That song, say goodbye, wavy hair, which is what Anyway, while I've got you both on, maybe briefly, yeah. what's what a thrill to have you on. I've just been speaking to Trevor about uh, reminding myself of all your sketches with my 12 year old son i'll say what i said to trevor which is we sat up at 10 o'clock last night and he was laughing like i've never heard him laugh before he watches like marvel films and he was laughing all the way through and what a joy you know 20 30 wow. years later to be there with my son watching those sketches huge fan uh, what a thrill to oh, have that's you on. Nice thank, to you. Hear. thank you thank you very much and i'm not the only person that loves you obviously um because <laughs> looking at those sketches you of course i don't know whether you're ever brave uh, enough to look at the youtube comments but you should because um you, unlike any comedian including ben norris you're universally loved um there was a comment i saw <laughs> i there's a comment i saw under the um one of the sketches which said and i quote in my opinion they did more for british entertainment than the beatles Wow! <laughs> You'll well, take that, won't you? Yeah. yeah that, that, right. Okay. That's, <laughs> right. Are you better the than comments. the Beatles? I'm just going to let that lie. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is out there. Uh, we're we're clearly not better than the Beatles, but rather scarily, given that the Beatles were primarily a music group, I think they were funnier than us as well. <laughs> They were funny. They <laughs> yeah. made more films than us, that's for sure. That's probably what he meant, actually. You're just funnier than the Beatles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're better at comedy than the Beatles. But uh, no, we've not mean... even managed. We've not even managed to be funnier than a bloody Volkswagen Beetle. Have you seen Herbie Rides Again or Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo or The Love Bug? Even I will not see. Funnier than us. <laughs> well, you look at your YouTube comments. Thousands, well, millions of comments that. will say the um, say the opposite. We were talking about this the other day because I, was, I think it was on Facebook. Someone uh, uh, tagged me into a thing on the the BBC CB, uh, BBC BBC broom cupboard page. We've been mentioned on that, and someone yeah. said, you know, has, has anyone still got this? And it was a picture of our stupid video from the early nineties. And and honestly, it was really really nice to see the comments just went on and on about how yeah. great it was. And, like, and then <laughs> on this one list, and there was one comment. One out of this massive list, and it said, Well, actually, they grated on me. And I, <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, it was the one thing that I took away. I told, of course. I told all the family, I just said, Look, apparently that happened, you know, and I couldn't get, Trev, it, get it out of my head. Yeah, Trev, I, I did. I did. I did have a few words with my mum about that. <laughs> um, I should point out as well for anyone listening who hasn't got a clue that when Trev said our stupid video, it doesn't mean a video. Well, it was a video that was stupid. Yeah. But that was actually its name. The video was called Trev and Simon's stupid, stupid video. video. Yeah, yeah. So while we have you both on, while we have you both on as well, we were briefly talking about before you came on, Simon, about your relationship and your dynamic and uh, if you ever do anything alone which you sometimes have to do uh, you know the difference in not having the support from each other how does that how does that work for you Simon what does uh, what does Trevor bring to your relationship that you miss when you're not with him <laughs> well we've I think pretty much throughout all of our career doing comedy there have been very very few occasions when we've done stuff separately so it's mm. always been together uh, I now I don't do much comedy at all now because yeah. I kind of have a sort of a, a grown-up job. You know, I mm. work full time for a charity called Medicinema, 
and they yeah, were in yeah. the cinema in Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. But even then, there's been the odd occasion when I've dragged Trev over to help me out there. He came to one of our screenings of, um, we did a special BFI comedy screening of The Jerk and Trev came along to introduce it. So you see, even in an ordinary job, I can't cope without him. Um, I think that when we started off, I don't think, I think because we both maybe in the very early days, we were, we met at university and mm. we were sort of doing our own stuff and then we teamed up. But even then I was doing stuff with some other people, occasionally mm. doing my own stuff. I think, I think I'm most probably, it's really difficult to know the answer to this, but I think I'm most probably too cowardly to have ever done it on my own. Um, I think that like being part of a team and in a double act was, you know, just something where you're just backing each other up all the time. It was, I it's, it's a difficult thing because you're asking me a question about something that I've not really experienced. So I don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. how to answer it. Oh, I mean, nice. th there's been a few occasions now I think of it. So I did a, a thing for um, BBC many years back called Hard Spell Abbey, which was a kind of spelling bee program where I played this character in it who was a monk. And I did that on my own, but, mm. but nevertheless, I still was doing something very much as part of a team. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of stand-up comedians, such as yourself, it's you, you know. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have had the um, what's the right word for this? Not stamina, not guts. I don't think I would have had the. I won't. I don't think I'd have had the support within myself needed mm. to be a solo stand-up to do that kind of thing of traveling around the country on my own year after year. Yeah. I don't think that would have suited me. Yeah, no, same here, really. I don't think I think it's interesting that as you know, when Simon and I started to do sort of less work together, uh, you know, as, as a sort of fun thing, I just started doing doing the band as well that we talked about earlier, and that again mm. is is is, is you know, it's, it perhaps helped me get that kind of performing thing out of my system. But I, it was great to have it. You know, in a band, you really are supporting each other. Uh, you know, to to this end product and. And that's certainly what Simon and me did all the way through. And it is important. It may certainly, I, I, you know, it's not just more fun, I think, but there is a, it really helps your confidence knowing there's other, someone else there in a way. Sort of, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and as Trev, Trevor's presumably talked to you about awkwards. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we talked about so, that. I mean, yeah, even, yeah. Even, even if technically that's a solo act for Trev, mm. it still isn't a solo act because he's, on the one hand, he's doing the voiceover, <laughs> Then he yeah. goes into a character within that. Yeah. Then he's bringing in all of these plastic characters and ephemera that fills out an ensemble piece. Yeah. And then on top of that, his son is there recording it for him. So even <laughs> yeah. that's a group thing almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, there is, I am nothing, really. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> that wasn't what <laughs> but, I was saying. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we didn't talk about the characters. The fact is that quite quickly, Simon and I uh, discovered a new kind of comedy for ourselves by putting on wigs and costumes and actually pretending we were other people, which is yeah. another kind of thing altogether. It's yeah, slightly, yeah. you know, escaping from ourselves. And, and if I talk about being anxious sometimes or kind of not knowing quite how to deal with stuff, once you're in the character, it's, it's an incredibly freeing experience. Yeah, um, I think I would I think I would say that Trev has, I mean, the weird thing is how that came about because we never did characters on the brief time we were on the circuit before we did yeah. TV. The characters came about literally from a position of, suddenly realizing which you never think had happened when you're on the circuit that you have to have 20 minutes of new material every week for 30 weeks of the year mm. that's a hell of a lot of material to generate so inevitably we ended up dressing up and putting wigs on and, and doing all of that kind of stuff yeah weirdly it did it does then provide uh 
it provides a, a, a case to, to feel safe in. I, I, as I've got older, I've I'm I'm less I'm I'm less keen on doing that and kind of happy being more myself. But I've realised that within myself there is still a kind of armour I put on, and that armour would be in this instance it's growing this beard. It's my I need glasses, but actually I was glad when I when I was about forty when I first had to wear glasses because I like wearing glasses. They do feel like things that protect you yeah. from just being you, if that makes yeah. sense. It's yeah. the form of dressing up still. And I've done the same. You know, you know, the bigger glasses, the better. I have, I wear hats all the time, which is obviously practical because my head gets cold these days. But I do like to have hats. I've created a kind of costume for for myself and an yeah. identity in a way. So maybe that, yeah, maybe we you know, it says something about us. But yeah, having done things creatively together for so long, it, it, it must be hard. I mean, we're talking to Trevor about potentially doing things on your own, like the awkward thing. <laughs> um, and um, it must be hard. I mean, there's, the, there's a lot of books about the psychology of comedy, but there's actually little written about the psychology of a double act and how you're supporting each other and how the different double acts over the years. I mean, it's been spoken about that kind of, you know, like Lauren and Hardy and Morecambe and Wise change things, how they were best friends and previously. But there's been, there's very little material about how you're supporting each other either off stage or on stage in the moment when you're looking at each other, supporting each other and how you'd miss that when you're not doing it with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we've always been, I mean, you know, most probably any double act and any friendship or any marriage, any any combination people will at times have their ups and downs i don't think we've had particularly many at all i think uh, we are you know at the, at the risk of you know getting too sentimental here we are like brothers now i know that i know trev has a brother so i don't want to belittle chris <laughs> at all in any way trev but you know i don't have a brother um, i have a sister but i do feel like most probably the extension of that is we feel our families are connected do you know what i mean i think it goes uh, beyond just me and trev i think we are you know you couldn't get closer families either i don't think and i don't know how common or not that is obviously some double acts we know historically didn't get on and we know some did and when we me and trev started we did used to do as as part of our act we did used to play around with that dynamic a bit so we used to we we did like the way double acts were quite could be quite aggressive with each other and uh, the two particular ones that we always thought of in those terms was um, Abbott and Costello. Mm. And then the other one, oddly, because they wouldn't, uh, you know, I think maybe some of the stuff they did is a bit underrated, but they're not ones that people are going to immediately go, oh, I love those two. But it was Cannon and Ball. Yeah. I mean, Cannon and Ball, when they were the best, had a bit of an edge to them. Wow. Interestingly, as well, when you find out more about that, they had they had a very up and down relationship, and I think would did have a lot of falling out. Did and I can't imagine this. Did tour together and not stay in the same hotels with each other, just meet up on stage. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine. I don't think if if say me and Trevor, if for some reason if something had happened like that, wow. I think we're the kind of people who would have stopped it rather than kind of carried on a pretense of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean we've, you know, we I think we've supported each other because we started off as friends. You see, the way that the double act started was through making each other laugh, and yeah. with no real aspiration. I mean, said we did say we'd done, we toyed with doing little separate things for kind of you know cabaret stuff and things, but we didn't have any great intentions or career plans when when we started doing this. So it started off as a friendship that that kind of worked, and then we did it for fun, and then the professional side came later. 
Um, so I think all the way through, we've looked out for each other as friends, really, and supported each other. Possibly yeah. sometimes we've been a bit probably too kind and generous with each other at times, but that's been great as friends. Maybe not the best career things, but we've both helped each other out and understood each other's situations, you know, really, yeah. because we're mates. We've, and um, I think that that's why it's worked. Yeah, we, we, we come from, I, I, think, I think because we kind of grew up with the kind of growing alternative comedy circuit, uh we were we started off by doing what we did i think i think it's fair to say because we 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 didn't know what else to do this was <laughs> you know you felt like this is what we were going to do and it wasn't in our heads that we do this because th we wanted to make a living out of it we just wow. did it because it was what we had to do and i think it, if there's a slight difference there we kind of we and maybe to our um you know not great for us is we were never really career minded you know we never really thought oh you know i think there'll, there'll be people out there now and, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing but have much more of a career strategy and can kind of plan things out a bit better and know what they intend to do um, uh, i think we've kind of with our career it's just it's tended to go from one thing to the other um you know maybe at times we could have done things differently but it's you know it, it was the way it was because uh, we were not we didn't have our eye on anything other than doing the work, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And is there any sense that your your friendship is the most important thing and, uh, you know, far more important than the work? Uh, I think yeah, it has been. I think, and I think the, the, the way we are now proves it because, you know, we're, we're still very much friends. Yeah. It, you know, the career thing has gone different ways and maybe, you know, works a bit quieter here and there at different times, but we've always been made. So I think yeah. that is the important thing. We've always supported each other through whatever difficulties or, or, or you know, times of celebration or whatever, you know, they've been, we've been there so i guess that has been the most important thing yeah, yeah and you know i made i made a a, a a quite a difficult decision about well coming up to four years ago now um which was steeped in many things it was steeped in many things going on in my life at the time and it was to do with kind of personal relationships and so on and so forth but i made a decision that i needed to kind of um think about getting a different kind of job mm. and to be fair most of the stuff me and Trev were doing at that point was writing. We were doing lots of writing and we were doing lots of writing for um, children's TV and we wouldn't meet up over it. So we'd be just swapping, you know, stuff between us and so on and so forth. And and I don't think Trev would disagree that sometimes in some of those instances with some of the people we were working for, it was a kind of a bit of a thankless job. You know, it was work, but it wasn't really what we were cut out for. Right. So I made a very difficult decision of, of looking for a different kind of job. And I, it, it mattered what the kind of job was. So I was looking for something either in the charity sector or in the NHS. I felt like I needed to do a job that was going to be good for, you know, for want of a better term, good for my soul. Oh. And oddly enough, I found this job. That, you know, there's not many people who manage cinemas in hospitals. Yeah, yeah. Cinema. There's only there's only six in the country. But I got this job. Now, obviously, the knock-on effect of that for me and Trev was quite profound. You know, right. I'm saying to Trev, I'm taking on a full-time job. So it had a massive impact on what we could do as Trev and Simon. We still can occasionally do things, you know, like chatting to you here now. We can do things together, right. but we can't pursue a full-time career together. And that was that was a big thing to, you know, have to have to say to Trev. You know, it's not, you know, and and 
Trev completely understood that and has been completely supportive of what I did, you know. Uh, and it's it's a testament yeah. to our friendship, I think, yeah. that, you know, we can still carry on, you know. Yeah, and there's, and we, there's proof, do you see, that the friendship is more important than the comedy because we quickly forget jokes when we start talking about our friendship. <laughs> 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 are, we me- are we meant to be funny on this? You never told me. <laughs> but, uh, we can't be the, funny. There's a global pandemic. We can't exactly. be. No, no one can be funny. But uh, I don't want to split you up again. But um, I, I'm, I'm aware. I'd love to talk to you, um, Simon, uh, you know, a bit more about uh, about your work and stuff. So yes, uh, Trevor. Time for I mean, me to go. Uh, well, no. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to go, no, <laughs> Trevor. I'm sure has other things to do. Do you want to kind of come back on it to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll do that. Can we do if that? If you'd like me to, <laughs> I'd love you to. I could. I couldn't just say goodbye <laughs> to one of you. That would be horrendous. Okay. Um, come back, Trev. Come back. Uh, we can then talk about you behind your back and then come back absolutely. on. Absolutely. No, that would only be fair. That would only be also, fair. Also, at some point, and whether I tell this when Trev's not here or when Trev comes back, I need to tell you my lockdown Ben Norris faux pas story, oh, which Trev is aware oh, of. Oh, damn, he's got a good anecdote to tell. I, 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 I do have, I enough, I have one good a- anecdote to tell, <laughs> just one. And it's right, about I'm Ben Norris's go. parquet floor, nice. That's where all the best anecdotes are. <laughs> right, Trevor, come back. Thank you, cheers, okay, bye-bye. And he does come back. And I'm sure you'll be back too on Tuesday for the second part of my conversation with Trevor and Simon. The 100th episode of Psychomedy. What better way to mark that wonderful celebration than more Trevor and Simon. Absolutely amazing. So that was our show for today. Join us again on Tuesday for the 100th episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please listen back on all the daily shows and all the main shows. There's 99 of them now. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips there from our counselling and professional partners at threadup.co.uk. They are there to support you with free check-ins. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Cassidy. And you can support the podcast there. So I'm Nathan Cassidy. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy. Stay optimistic. Tune back in for the second part of my Trevor and Simon extravaganza on Psychomedy on Tuesday. Pod people.